ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. Yeah, that's what I've been saying to all my mates. It'll only be a week and we'll be drinking out of it again. <laughs> that is Australian golfer Cam Smith on his hopes to be back drinking beers out of the claret jug by the end of this weekend. However, there are, of course, a few things standing in his way. The last time someone went back-to-back at the British Open was Irish golfer Padraig Harrington in 2008, so it's no mean feat. Can Rory McIlroy repeat his 2014 performance as he returns to Hoylake? Will John Rahm be able to reverse his recent form to take a second major of the year? Is West Australian vibe king Minwoo Lee any chance? It's British Open weekend. I'm Poppy Penny and this is ABC Sport Daily. Evan Priest is a reporter for Australian Golf Digest and is in Liverpool at Hoylake getting ready for this weekend's British Open. And Evan, I want to start with last year's champion and very happy Queensland Maroons fan Cam Smith. He said this in his pre-tournament press conference this week. I actually think I'm a better golfer now than what I was last year. Do you think that's really the case? Yeah, it was a really interesting comment. You know, the stats don't necessarily back up what he was saying. You know, he had such an incredible year last year he, he won a pga tour event in a record under par fashion he won the players championship and then on his way to the open championship had had finished third at the masters so he was he was you know arguably the best player in the world for the first half of last year brilliant quite brilliant what a back nine cam smith has won the 150th open he is the champion golfer of the year and it's it's hard to gauge this year against last year because he's playing on a completely different tour but having said that he's got career best finishes in the past two majors he was fourth at the u.s open and he was tied 10th at the pga championship and then he's just won a live golf event in london and when he says that what he means is he, he feels he's a more complete player this year versus last year he's worked really hard on the long game on the driver and he feels like he's you know the the Achilles heel for Cam Smith is always the wayward driver and he feels he has that more under control than it ever has been so that's why he's pretty bullish about his chances of defending an open title and it's pretty hard to argue with him he's really informed at the live level and at the majors and he's you know got the good vibes going and just from me personally noticing you know he's, he's got the swagger back he's got that look in his eye that he he feels he can compete with the John Rahms and the Rory McIlroy's and it's going to be Pretty interesting week for Australian viewers, I think. Oh, wow. An amazing finish for McElroy and a first victory ever in Scotland. Rory McElroy is generally a pretty popular guy on course, and I imagine that won't change at the British Open. He's fresh off a victory at the Scottish Open, finished second in the US Open a month ago. How well placed is he to get back on the majors winner list for the first time since 2014? The form guide looks good. Yeah, I suppose that's the $64,000 question, isn't it? You know, all signs point to him winning that first major in in nine years and and sort of at the venue where he won nine years ago at Royal Liverpool, which is nicknamed Hoylake. The winner of the gold medal and the champion golfer of the year is Rory McIlroy. He's just, as you mentioned, just won the Scottish Open with a birdie-birdie finish, which was just incredibly clutch and really under the gun. Impressive. What a finish. Birdie-birdie for McIlroy. 
But it's just that that mental block with Rory McIlroy. You just wonder if, if he has it, you know, in, in in the mind anymore to sort of get over the line because he's been coming so close and not coming away with a victory. And you wonder how much scar tissue that is leaving. But he's playing such good golf, arguably better golf than anyone in the world right now. So physically, yes, I think he he probably will win the Open Championship. But mentally, it still leaves a lot of question marks. And at the major championships, it can be the mind as much as the, the physical part of the game. I'm getting closer. The more I keep putting myself in these positions, sooner or later it's going to happen for me. And, you know, when I do finally win this next major, it's going to be really, really sweet. So I would go through a hundred Sundays like this to get my hands on another major championship. How real is that scar tissue for players like McElroy? I think it's pretty real because it's it just sort of lingers with him for, for days, weeks and months and in McElroy's case, years. If you have a long spell between a burst of major victories and, and your next one, it's it can become like a monkey on your back and Someone like Brooks Kepka took a couple of years, but he, he got the fifth one off, off the bat, and that sort of put him ahead of Rory McIlroy, and, and he might open the floodgates. But that scar tissue develops, and, and the questions from the reporters keep coming, and it ends up becoming something something that you obsess about to the point where Rory actually withdrew from the pre-tournament press conference schedule because I think he was just a little bit over the questions and, and over the live and the PGA to emerge discussions and he just wants to focus on the golf and it sort of paid dividends at the US Open. He, he was right in there with a chance to win and he ended up finishing second to Wyndham Clark and whether it pays off this week, time will tell, but uh, it looks like he, you know, all signs point to him winning the Open. Scotty Scheffler, currently world number one. He has finished in the top five in his last seven PGA events. That kind of consistency is astonishing without breaking through. A year without winning a major would be pretty similar to the other 25 years of my life, I guess. <laughs> what needs to change for Scotty to win his first Open? Yeah, it's. I mean, the easy answer is the putter. Nearly every tournament, he's multiple shots better than anyone else in the field from tee to green. And then on the greens, he's coughing up strokes like you wouldn't believe. I think I had back-to-back tournaments that I could have won where I putted poorly, and um, I'm hitting a lot of good putts. Pretty soon, a lot of those good putts will start falling in the middle of the hole instead of dodging around the, the side of it. He feels he's got the putter under control. He's got a, you know, a, a putter and a grip and everything that he feels comfortable with. And the British Open is, is one of those tournaments where it's really just the lag putting that they, they can win these things. It's not necessarily holding a whole lot of 15 and 20 footers. And it's more about the ball striking and the elements and just hanging in there until Sunday. So I suppose just the putter is, is the answer to your question. But it just needs to be one of those weeks for Scotty Scheffler. He seems to play well every time he tees it up. And just a, a couple of lucky bounces here and there and the tournament going his way, he's pretty unstoppable. He's, like you mentioned, top five finishes in his past seven starts, which is just unbelievable. It's it's not even really spoken enough about, in my opinion, just with the, you know, the PGA Tour and the, and the, and the PIF merger news, it's just kind of engulfed professional golf and Scotty Scheffler sort of flown in here under the radar as, as one of the best players in the world and you can't call him a dark horse because he's <laughs> the world number one but everyone seems to be focused on Rory and Rahm and, and even Cam Smith to a degree but Scotty Scheffler could very much run away with this thing. Rahm wins the Masters Marathon. You touch on John Rahm, he won the Masters back in April but since then probably fair to say he hasn't been at his best. His best finish in that time is second in the Mexico Open, finished tied for 50th at the PGA Championship, tied for 10th at the US Open. What does that form tell you about his chances going into Royal Liverpool this weekend? 
Yeah, it, it doesn't bode well, does it? it? It seems like there is a bit of a Masters hangover, and you can't blame him for you know getting his second major championship and winning his first Masters title. And he played so much in the early part of the year and and won a lot too, and it took a lot out of him. And he he you know stuck to his guns and actually went and played the RBC Heritage Tournament days after winning the Masters and honoured his commitment to play that tournament. And I think he then took the foot off the gas and really rested himself. So I don't read too much into his results the past six or eight weeks or so. I just think he was taking it easy. You know, when we did the schedule early on the year, we, we did purposefully had this three-week break because we knew it was going to be a lot going into this. And then afterwards, right, we have the playoffs. We still have Winworth Ryder Cup, Spanish Open. So there's a lot of golf to play after this. So kind of needed to have a little bit of time to, to rest. And uh, he's so physically talented and so mentally strong. I really think that every Open Championship, he could be in with a chance. So not as exciting as maybe the other guys in the top 10 in the world in terms of recent form, but never to be written off. There's something to be said about turning your form around in a major, isn't there? There, There is, yeah. I think Ian Baker-Finch said it best once um, to me. He said, you, you never discover your game at a major championship. You have to arrive with it. <laughs> John Rahm has never lost his game by by any means. He doesn't have the same form that he did the first sort of three, four months of this year. But as I said, he's so physically gifted that it, I, I don't think it matters leaving. I, I think just the event will inspire him enough to bring out his best golf. In terms of other Aussie hopes, I think the one that I am most excited about and a little bit biased because I'm also a West Australian is Min Woo Lee, who just seems to be having the most fun playing golf. Yeah, that was flush. Can he translate those off-course good vibes to on-course good vibes at Royal Liverpool? Yeah, it's a great question. He, I feel like with Min Woo Lee, he's not going to win a major before he wins a couple of PGA Tour events. He's very much a baby steps kind of golfer. He's climbed levels and, and rungs on the ladder in his career. And he hasn't won a PGA Tour event just yet. And he's been in contention and hasn't really been able to play that, that well on Sunday. But I also feel the US Open was a turning point for him because he had a poor third round after really being in contention the first two days. And he went out and finished in the top five for his first top 10 and top five at a major championship. Do I think he will win this week? Probably not, but I think he'll um, get himself in contention. He's so physically gifted. He's a shot maker. He won the Scottish Open um, in, in similar conditions, having to work the ball and flight the ball. And he enjoys that challenge and the creativity. I, I think he'll contend this week and he'll walk away maybe knowing that next year I could I could win one of these. Where's the camera? Is it in front of me or behind me? Hopefully the camera can get it. I think Wyndham Clark proved the power of the underdog and I am taking that and channeling it towards Minwoo Lee this coming weekend. Just quickly, Evan, <laughs> one off course. This is the second major since the announcement that the Live and the PGA plan to merge. One of the key figures around Live Golf is, of course, Aussie Greg Norman. Are we likely to see him cutting around Royal Liverpool this weekend or is he once again not invited? Past champions are always welcome to come and I'm sure that if Greg Norman wanted to be here, he, he would come. It was just last year that he wasn't invited to the Open, the past champions celebration at St. Andrews. And there were reasons for that. Those reasons have sort of subsided by now that everything's sort of calmed down. But it's really up to Greg to come to these major championships. You know, he, he wasn't necessarily invited to the Masters in April, but at the same time, he hadn't taken up invitations to go there for 12 years before that. So we definitely won't see him around Royal Liverpool, but I'm sure he'll be watching the, the 10 Aussies in the field with keen interest. We've all been friends. We still see each other. Um, I think everybody thinks there's this, you know, just because there's a, a divide with Liv and, and the PGA Tour that the players are actually divided. And that's, I, I don't think that's the case at all. Do you feel like the Live PGA merger, it was a huge announcement, I guess, when it came out, but do you feel like it's sort of the conversations gone by the wayside and the golf, maybe rightly or wrongly, has taken centre stage again? 
Yeah, I really think so. I, I felt like the US Open was was the peak of that discussion and the questions being asked. And, and sitting in some of the press conferences this week, there's not really been too many live questions. Um, I, I think that it's one of those things that it, it feels like the two sides have somewhat come together. It's still to, still to be fleshed out and the framework deal is still to be finalised. But it's less of a conversation here at the Open than it was at the US Open and certainly the Masters and the PGA. And I think fans are appreciating that you know the, the golf's oldest major, the, the focus is going to be on the golf and not the sort of off-course stuff fans can enjoy this uh, this great championship. Well, Evan, I hope you enjoy this great championship. Thanks so much for your time and enjoy the weekend at Royal Liverpool. Thanks, Poppy. Headlines. In case you've been living under a Barbie dream house, the FIFA Women's World Cup starts tonight in Australia and New Zealand. The Matildas will take on the Republic of Ireland in front of a packed-out stadium Australia, which will break the record they set last week for the biggest ever home crowd for the Tillies. Coach Tony Gustafson is not getting carried away with the hype, though. But like Sam just said, we're judged by our last game. So after tomorrow, either I'm going to be a phenomenal coach, I'm going to be the worst coach that ever coached the Matildas. That's how the business works. We know that. The football ferns will be taking on Norway tonight in Auckland, likely with an increased security presence after a shooting in the city that killed two people and injured five. And while we are lucky to have the World Cup in our time zone this year, for Brazil, not so lucky. Thankfully, they've changed their working hours so that for games that start at 7.30am Brazil time, the workday won't start until 11am and for 8am games, they can rock up to the office at 12. Nice. The fourth test of the men's ashes is underway at Old Trafford and, spoiler alert, it looks like another cracker. Australia finished day 1-8 for 299 despite their long batting lineup. A number of players getting a start without being able to go on with it. Chris Wokes, the best of the English bowlers, finishing the day 4 for 52. Wokes in. Edges! Day one was anything to go by, though. I will be saying goodbye to sleep for the next four nights and living on coffee. With one event to go in the WSL, three Aussie surfers have guaranteed themselves spots in the final five. Ethan Ewing finished second at J-Bay to current world number one, Felipe Toledo, but it was enough to ensure he'll finish top five for the year. On the women's side of the draw, Molly Picklam also finished second at J-Bay, but picked up enough points to keep her above the cutoff line as well. Quality of the two moves, it looks like for Molly Picklam, is going to be still a dang good number. Wow, big number in for Molly. The two big calves, 7-5 for her. Tyler Wright was knocked out in the semi-finals, but she'll also finish top five. Gnarly. I'm Poppy Penny, and this is ABC Sport Daily, produced by Declan Byrne. Do you like stars? Us too. So give us five. It only takes a second. Thanks to the PGA Tour, Fox Sports and the WSL for the extra audio used in this episode. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.